You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Rota Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's the one and only Will the Thrill Greenwood. What's up? Oh, 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 yeah. So I decided to, one, tonight's a great night. Everything's great. Life is great. Uh, I wanted to look up Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And we didn't get to talk about this last episode, and I apologize because it's more relevant. He did such that blow-up game against Alabama. He even had that, like, toe catch, you know, for the touchdown. He turned around and got it. But I was like, who is this, who is this man? Like, should we care? And uh, so, one, yes is the answer to, to begin off everything. So he, he made the ESPN top 300 recruiting list back in 2017 which is also important because he was technically recruited by Les Miles uh, in LSU, which I think is still wild that that exists. Um, it, it feels like Les Miles, the Les Miles era there was, was so much, so much longer ago. But he it does. Did, it feels like a long time ago. So he came into college, and this is not his current height or weight, but came in. I want to do his just high school recruiting profile. All right, five foot eight, two hundred nine pounds. Uh, that is no, sorry, that's his current weight and uh, height and weight from ESPN. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Okay, what what was he? Do you know? Do you have what he was coming into? Was he smaller than that? That's pretty small. No, I think. I mean, I think he was probably a little smaller, right? Yeah, but at five eight, two nine is a pretty stout little dude. Yeah, yeah. His BMI is up there. I think you don't have to worry about that. That's the kind of thing where I feel like we get. It's like a, a Devin Singletary. Where people worry about their actual weight versus BMI, and it's important for these shorties. And we'll talk about that in a second. That's a good point. When you're done, I want to ask you about that. But 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 carry on with. Um, with, with Clyde. Yeah. And so he came out of the high school, you know, combine, whatever they have on ESPN. These are just the stats I have there. Uh, here in a four, four, seven forty, which I, I think is great because guys usually get faster and more dialed in on their 40 times before the combine from high school. So I think we're going to see an impressive time coming out of there. He ran a four Oh four, uh, 20 yard shuttle, which is, is extremely quick. Like you're moving, you're moving up the boards there. Uh, with that kind of lateral agility. It's a 20-yard shuttle. It's not like the really short shuttle. It's not the best agility score, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever he came down on DK Metcalf for, for like a seven, seven and a half second, whatever he was doing. But anyway, that's it's not the same there. But just to say he can move side to side, uh, okay. At least at, at worst, well, at, at best, great. Uh, then a 39.8-inch vertical, which is massive. So to compare that, like David Montgomery had a uh, like a 29.8 inch vertical, so he can jump 10 inches higher than David Montgomery. David Montgomery is about three inches taller than him, so that gives him a you know quick math, assuming same arm, arm length. Uh, he has three inches more of a catch radius, and then he had a 121.86 spark. All but I'll, I'll, I want to go back to this. The only reason I mention these numbers and going into it is one, I, I think it's fun to go through these things and look at them, uh, and two is. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a athlete. Not only is he a productive college player now, he is a great athlete. And that is what's important here. He already has 28 catches this season, so he's already met that threshold. And it's the first time they've actually had, you know, a, an offense that, that throws the ball around Joe Burrow there at LSU. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is somebody that I think is going to come out this year, is my guess. He is from the Bayou uh, in Baton Rouge. So he, you know, I could see, it's funny, I, I could see him stay in that senior year. So it's not like a, you know, if you're doing some sort of Debbie draft this time of year, maybe not a guy you want to like really invest in. Because couldn't you see it, Ryan? 
Yeah, it, it depends. You know, but he's twenty twenty eligible, which I think is important. Um, but but I could see that. Well, two things come to mind when you're talking about uh, Edward Hilaire here. Number one, that the twenty twenty class, he's eligible. He he may not declare, but it's a, a guy we weren't even hearing about. Just just like his quarterback that you add to this 2020 class, it gets more and more yeah. paper, right? And number two, his size. He's a small guy. And you know, there's, there's been this narrative in the Dicey community that I, I've pretty much bought into, that these smaller running backs want to avoid them. They don't hold up over time. But we're starting to see examples in the NFL of maybe that not being so true. You've got Christian McCaffrey. You've got Philip Lindsay. And now we have an example of that in Buffalo as well. So... Devin Singletary. Yeah. So maybe that's not so true anymore with these guys. Maybe some of these smaller guys can have good careers in the NFL and, and put up some big numbers for fantasy. So those are just a couple it, thoughts I had. Yeah, like Christian McCaffrey coming out at 5'10", 215, is, or was he 209, whatever he was, is a smaller B, like a much smaller BMI than Clyde Edwards Lair coming in at 5'8", 209. So that uh you know, if, if he goes full SU style like Leonard Fournette and drinks a couple gallons of water before the combine, he could, uh, you know, he could bulk that up. Remember, Leonard Fournette came in at 240, <laughs> waiting at 240. That's a big man. That and then ran man. a 4-4. Like, that's crazy. Oof. Yeah, yeah. So, any other thoughts of, of, about Edwards Hilaire? Just, he's just a guy that stood out to you, right? In that well, game. yeah, he stood out. And he's not going to have that early production in his career because he ran behind Geis. And then last year, he was behind Brissett, which is actually a little worrying because Brissett wasn't – he didn't turn into an NFL running back. But uh, let's enjoy his junior year super breakout and hope he goes pro. Less miles, right? He has less miles behind him, uh, not only as his coach, but less miles on the tires. <laughs> I like that's that. where i was actually going with that and then i, I made the but a bump i love it all right well this was great because th- this will lead into our conversation about running back consensus dynasty rankings and, and i'll let you set that up but what's interesting to me is that when we, when we have this discussion about how we look at the ranks of current running backs in the nfl how these rankings are going to get kind of, kind of i think thrown out the window to a certain degree when you get to the lower tiers because there are going to be a lot of interesting running backs coming into the NFL in 2020 and beyond, I think. So um, why don't you set this up for us? So this was an idea that you had. What, what are these consensus ranks? How did you put these together? What is this that we're going to be talking about? So I took four different paid websites that uh, I belong to. I think it belonged to maybe a couple more, but four is enough for this. And it takes a while to put these all together and get the names all right and get rid of anything that's on them so you can sort them in a nice spreadsheet. And so I was like, I, you know, I said to Ryan, I was like, hey, I want to put this together because I think this is a good conversation topic. It's like, let's see how we rank these guys you know, at this time of year. These sheets are updated weekly, basically, by all the sites. I think it's important that that's noted because, uh, so that it's, uh, it's, current, it's current news, you know, and it's something we should be looking at moving into next year. Ryan, I don't know if I want to name all the sites. Yeah, we don't have to name the sites, and we're not going to tell you exactly where, where these sites have these guys ranked because that's information you should pay for the content. And you see this on Twitter. Here's a little mini Ryan rant here that people will complain, like, well, is it worth it? Is it worth that subscription? It's worth it. This information is very valuable. And, and obviously, I'm not saying every subscription site out there is worth it, but there are some premier sites, and you, you know the names. We don't have to tell you who they are. I love it. I, I'm subscribed to you know these sites that, that you... Uh, put out there but one 
and a lot of other sources as well. I'll, I'll pay for things and, and I think it's worth it. So there's a lot of free information out there. There's this free podcast, the fantasy Joe's, which is awesome, but it's worth it to pay for content. I get it. If you don't want to, if you only pay, you know, $50 a year total for all your dynasty leagues and you don't think it's worth the investment, that's fine. But if you're a listener of ours, you probably put a lot of time and effort into your dynasty leagues. So why not pay for the content? It'll give you an edge. So anyway, rant done. Rant. Or just listen up here. Hey, hey, hey. And on the ah. Patreon, we will give away all the names and free information. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let, let's just kind of, when, when I liked this list, I, I mean, I, and, and we don't necessarily have these averaged out. So we're just going to kind of talk about names, but basically the, the names at the top, depending on who you look at, you've got CMC and Saquon. And for me, what I put in the show sheet, Will, I, I think these guys are easily a tier by themselves and i think these are two of the few guys in dynasty where you'd have to go out and really pay a lot to get them maybe they're the two of the only guys i want to go and really like give up the farm to acquire if if i even can would you agree with that and how do you have them ranked i mean i i guess right now cmc is the clear number one just because the year he's putting up and saquon's been hurt but I, i wouldn't argue with you if you say saquon's your number one running back in dynasty well i think right now too you have to rank on value along with production. So I'm going CMC, although I think in a, in a vacuum, in a startup draft where it's just for 2020, I still might take Saquon. Uh, you know, we'll see how it all ends up, but and see how the situation changes in the offseason for the Giants. But I think that matters. Uh, Ryan, earlier in the season, I asked you if I should give up multiple firsts for Ezekiel Elliott, and you were like, absolutely. So why did he fall out of this tier? Maybe a recency bias. I, I don't I know. Gave just, for, I gave it three firsts for I, I, and I Gardner Minshew and a I mean, fourteen super flex. Yeah, I don't think that's that's bad. I, and I think at the time it made sense, but I, I don't know. I just worry about Zeke. And you know, my whole thing with Zeke, it, it's the whole what what is what stupid thing is Zeke going to do next, and that that's going to get suspended. I so I worry about Zeke off the field a little bit. It's just miles off the tires, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And on the field, he just hasn't quite looked the same or gotten the same usage. I mean, when I've seen him, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I worry that he hasn't. I mean, he's been good. I think he's the number five running back in in, um, in fantasy this year. So it's not like you've been disappointed with him. I, I think he's uh, hasn't had any really low bad games, but he hasn't had that game that's won you your week. He, you know, Aaron Jones has had two of those games this year where he's popped off and had huge games and he won you your week. I don't think Zeke's done that for anybody this year. Yeah, so. the other offensive assets on that team have won you weeks too with Cooper and Dak. So yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I think he's, he's getting put by the wayside. And honestly, he just looks a little bit bigger and slower this year. The, the offseason holdout, you, I, I feel like he doesn't look as explosive an athlete. His routes don't look as crisp. His runs don't look as hard. I mean, his, his contact level, he's still always falling forward. You don't see Zeke get knocked back. Right. You really don't. Uh, but he doesn't look the exact same as he did last year at this point in time. And I'm, I'm kind of buying into that might change in the future uh, because he's not getting in better shape as you see the year progress now. But I think the Cowboys are good. You're still going to have to ride him. I still think he matters a lot to that offense and it's still going to be a great fantasy scorer. So to me, uh, if I'm, I'm just going to go uh, still uh, behavioral independent. Zeke still makes the the top for me because he hasn't had those big time knee issues of anybody else underneath them. Uh, he hasn't, you know, he doesn't really miss games for injury or anything like that yet. And I just have really loved his durability and what he's doing. Yes, he does have some character issues that could hurt him again. But I'm, you know, as he gets older, hopefully he gets, you know, mature. 
So I, 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 I do, I guess he's like tier 1.5. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to fight back too much on that. I mean, uh, I think you, you bring up very valid points and no doubt that the holdout has probably impacted how he's performed this year. So I think that's fine. As I said, he is number five this year in 2019. So it's not like you're, you know, you're hesitant to start him or roll him out. (laughs) So, and he he might have a couple of big games and and close some ground. I mean, I think he'll probably pass Aaron Jones on this list and and Austin Eckler, who's number three and Austin Eckler had that huge start. So yeah, he's going to be probably a top three. Eckler's still holding on to three total points overall. I'll be interested how it ends up well, after this. Eleven games. Well, he, he hasn't had the bye, so that's part of it. Yeah. Even yeah. still, though, like with with Melvin Gordon coming back after what was it, four weeks, five weeks? Like it wasn't that far into it. I should remember that off the top of my head. Sorry, everybody, for the hashtag Greenwood Analytics fantasy analysis there. But Eckler, for him to still hold that top spot, uh, shows that he really did produce well when he was up there. I think yeah. it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, he had huge games, and then you know, even even his last four games here, you know, uh, 10 points, 13.3, 12.8, and then 21.2 in that game against Kansas city. So, you know, so he, let's put, let's I, put Eckler just quickly in a, in a vacuum, not a, sorry, not a vacuum. <laughs> You're in a full point PPR league, super flex. It won't matter for this, but let's just always pretend things are super flex. Uh, somebody's like, Hey, I'll give you Austin Eckler for Tevin Coleman. I, I do it. I've never liked Tevin Coleman. And, I think I think Tevin Coleman is a great athlete and he can put up those big games, but I don't know. I mean, with Austin Eckler, you you've got this floor each week, and with Tevin Coleman, I just man, it, it's so sad. He's been so frustrating. He had that big game against Carolina, and you're like, oh, here it is, Tevin Coleman. I can rely on him every <laughs> so week, and then touchdowns. it's like, oh, not that I expected three touchdowns every week or whatever he had, but he's been disappointing. So no, I, I would take Austin Eckler personally. I, I mean, I okay, think- they come up to the table again. They're like, all right, whatever, man. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're the one that has Austin Eckler. They're like, I'll give you Philip Lindsay for Austin Eckler. That's interesting to me. That that I, I think I've got to go Philip Lindsay on that one. I, I, I like Philip Lindsay as a player. He's a guy that I wanted to sell coming into the season. I don't think that was a mistake, but I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to think that Lindsay has a little bit of staying power now. I, 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 I regret it a little bit selling Lindsay before the season. Yeah, uh, I picked him up, Ryan, in that industry, you know, like draft. I think it was the 11th round that I picked up Philip Lindsay in a startup dynasty draft. Wow. And I just was, couldn't believe he was still available. And I didn't feel good about the pick, but I was like, I, I mean, I'm not smart enough uh, to decide that he's going to have no value coming into this year. Yes. I think you should fill him high when you can, because it's a value proposition when it comes to draft capital team situation and what you're looking for. But 11th round startup pick. Mm. Yeah. Mm, I'm eating that like Zeke Elliott eats the cereal. And, and he's he's been good. I, I mean, do you know where he ranks in, in PPR leagues, Philip Lindsay, this year? Oh, I bet it's 11. Uh, it is 14, uh, okay, 10 okay, games okay, played. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's just, you know, he's a high-end running back too, and he probably will be for the next couple of years. I, I mean, I don't see Denver necessarily going and trying to replace their, their back. I mean, they've got a nice backfield with Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I, it's it's a good good situation. So. Well, I wonder what Philip Lindsay's contract is too. As an undrafted free agent, I, I don't have it in front of me. But what uh, if they have to re-sign him coming up? Because that's not a that's not the same four year deal that Royce Freeman gets. You know, being a third round pick. 
That is a good question. I, I, I don't know. I can try to find that if you want to talk about the next several names on the list. What, what about uh, uh, AK-41, Alvin Kamara? Where, 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 how do you feel about him? Because he's, he's the number four guy on this list. Are, yeah, are you what worried about him? Miss, huge, miss, huge miss by him not going with the number 47. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but, but how do you feel? I mean, because he's a guy you could argue will belongs in that tier one. Yeah, I, so I'm trying to buy any league that isn't past their trade deadline yet. Uh, I'm trying to buy Alvin Kamara quite a bit. Any place I have Zeke, I'm trying to move him for Kamara Plus because Kamara's been hurt. He actually hasn't had that bad of a year. He's had two stinkers, and that's it. Two weeks, and then he bit, and then he was out, which is fine because if he's out, you can play somebody else. At least, uh, or sorry, you can play somebody else knowingly, which I prefer versus being questionable like a David Johnson type situation. Kamara had actually two is like a four and a seven point PPR uh, game this year. Either way, he's had two weeks that really hurt you. But that offense is still high powered. That they're Sean Payton is still a good offensive minded coach, and I don't think it's they extended it. But yeah, I don't think it's a worry about the future there with him. At least for his running back career, the next three years are bright for for Alvin Kamara. So anybody who's down on him, anybody who has him, and they're kind of a losing team, and you have a couple of firsts, I'd send a couple of firsts. Uh, that way for Alvin Kamara, I think he's going to outproduce any rookie running back coming into the season next year because uh, we don't have that kind of elite talent profile that's going to be the exact same as what Saquon was. So I, I, I'm very like I still very, have very very high hopes for Alvin Kamara. I do too. I love him, and I think it's just circumstances. You know, he he he's been injured a little bit this year. They obviously lost Drew Brees. It's it's been a strange year, I, I think, for the the saints and and i i think you you nailed it i i i don't i think he belongs outside of that that you know that tier one still for me but he's in that tier with zeke and i i think they're real close to those top guys yeah like he's his production is just insane still but he's not he's on the draft capital of those top two guys i think that affects it quite a bit absolutely philip Lindsay. He will become a restricted free agent in 2021. So he'll come back to Denver next year. Uh, you know, he signed a three-year deal, $1.7 million essentially. So, uh, Oh, hold out. Hold out, Philip, please. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't even care. 1.7. I hate the NFL with kind of these kind of contracts. And a restricted free agent too. So it's – Right. Oof. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. But, you know – I can a guy like Philip Lindsay hold out? We saw what happened with Melvin Gordon, who is a better running back, frankly, and it didn't work out so well for Melvin Gordon. Right. So I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, when the Broncos are crushing it next year, he'll really regret that. <laughs> Royce Freeman owners would love that. If Philip Lindsay held out, I, I like Royce Freeman uh, quite a bit too. Are I you, mean, st- are you Royce Freeman over Philip Lindsay right now still? Uh, no, not any longer. I, I, I am not. But but I like them both, and and I probably you know I'll give that cliche answer. I'll take the guy who's cheaper in a startup draft, you know. <laughs> but uh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right, let's let's keep going down the list. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to like some more interesting players when it comes to dynasty value, Ryan. I, I think the next three guys on the list are more interesting for me, and you can even maybe add the guys after that: Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, high riser, man. Everyone's talking about him. Everyone's talking about how he's a guy that keeps Great climbing. Great take up. by Trey, by the way. What's that? Great take by Trey earlier in the year when we talked about the Josh Jacob deals that I made with him. <laughs> what, what were those deals? Well, he's, no, no, no. He just said that uh, he thinks it's more likely that Josh Jacobs is closer to Alvin Kamara in value moving into, into 2020 than like what the rest of the pieces were. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and and I think we're seeing it. We're definitely seeing it. I mean, he he is a guy that's getting a lot. I mean, he looks good. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the hype because he certainly has looked looked the part. And you know, he's on a team that man. Can, can I dare say that the the ascending Raiders? I mean, it's it's crazy. Oh my gosh! Like Remember the a, cap down clock for 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 Gruden's contract. Oh my god! I wonder if that's still up. And everyone talking about how you know the, the Bears you know crushed that deal with with the Raiders. Uh, I, 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 I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that, that Josh Jacobs is, um, is that Bears pick um, uh, that the Raiders got. And they're, they, they got the Bears uh, 2020 first-round pick as well. So, <sighs> anyway, um, yes, so Josh Jacobs. So, do you like Josh Jacobs more than Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb? Uh, so, it, it's tough, right? So, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubbs, both – catastrophic knee injuries in their life. Uh, Dalvin Cook's had his shoulder problems too. Uh, Nick Chubb really, he, he's got that girly sy- like syndrome, right? So he's going to be very productive for the next probably two years, in my opinion. And after that, you're going to start to see arthritis pop up in there. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say you're going to see that start to pop up. The fear in my mind is that it's going to start like start to pop up there. Yeah, you can like, project that. That's fair. Yeah, and I think Josh Jacobs has that uh, backfield on lockdown for the rest of this season. Moving into next year, I mean, the Raiders have to be all upside, right? With their picks and what they're doing and their offensive line, he's starting to get – like, I still would like him to be more involved in the passing game. I'm just a little bit worried about that. But, you know, let's pretend that they need to cut you know, cut some of the fat of the you know the salary cap of what they're doing so they're not going to re-sign Jalen Richard. DeAndre Washington is just – he's just a backup at best. So, uh, I think – so I, I would ah, – it's so hard. It's so hard, Ryan, to say, like uh, – so one, I would take Josh Jacobs over Nick Chubb right now if because I would be drafting for the 2020 season. In an in-season trade, depending on your situation, that's where that would matter. Are you competing to win the championship now or are you, are you, is it for later? Because you also have that uh, Kareem Hunt kind of mix in Cleveland. I'm kind of rambling here and placating to really come up with what I'm going to go with. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess in the season now, I, I'm overall, I'm going to take Josh Jacobs over Nick Chubb flat out. Okay. Dalvin Cook is number Done. five, though. You, you got Dalvin locked into number five or, or no. Yeah, it's just all – everything's to himself. Until yeah. he gets hurt this year because uh, the Vikings are running him into the ground. He's number five. Yeah, I, I mean – it's hard to argue that that he shouldn't be number five. Yeah, I, I think I would take Jacobs over Nick Chubb too, which which I, I love them both. And it, it, frankly, Isn't that like crazy. I said, it is crazy. It is crazy. Good for and, you, and Josh I, Jacobs. Yeah, I, I feel like we missed the boat a little bit on on him. Um, I mean, he was the one hundred and one pick and everything, but super flex. So like, I, I mean, no, missed the boat and like, but yeah, but like, what you're willing to pay for it, I get it. Yeah, and, and maybe and maybe this is one of those things where. Um, sometimes you got to buy a guy high, you know, so they say maybe, maybe it's worth going out and getting him now because maybe you can get Josh Jacobs for, if you've got like a high first round pick in 2020. Yes. I know that 2020 class is going to be unbelievable, but um, is there any guarantee that, um, that Swift or Taylor or ETN are going to be better than Josh Jacobs? I, I mean, you know, you're getting more of a sure thing. Maybe you're taking a value hit on that. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's something to think about. It's a safety play for sure. Uh, the Raiders aren't drafting another running back in the first or second round next year or third. You know they're they're building elsewhere. So even if even if let's say like DeAndre Swift goes to 
the Chiefs in like round three, you still, I mean, that's the risk you're taking, you know, that, that somebody lands on the high powered offense that is uh, the, the Chiefs or the, I mean, I don't even know, like, like looking through it, but let's just pretend it's the, the Chiefs are the number one landing spot for a high round running back next year. That's the risk you're taking with every pick you move. Yeah. I have a question for you. And I think this is kind of the, you know, in baseball, they got the Mendoza line, you know, which, which isn't even a good analogy here. I know what I'm trying to say, but the, the one, I guess the one Oh one line, like where is it with the, these rankings of running backs? Cause for me, it's probably somewhere in here. Like, like I, I think that if you have the one Oh one, I think, you know, maybe it's fair to say Dalvin cook is equal to the one Oh one in 2020 or Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs. And I, I guess I should put this in context of, is it super flex or, um, let's just say it's not for this argument. Yeah, so we for can this throw argument. out quarterbacks. Yeah, throw out quarterbacks. Okay, Cause, so. cause teams can be because we're talking only running backs today. So let's throw out quarterbacks. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. So where where is that line for you? Where does where does the one hundred one slot in? Whoever that is, it's probably Swift. Would we agree on that? I mean, that seems to be the consensus one hundred one in a um, or maybe it's Judy. I, I don't know. But like in, in terms of running yeah. backs, yeah. And, and Etienne's kind of coming back, making a resurgence the way that uh, Clemson offense is playing again. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let's just say it's Swift for okay. the sake of argument. Uh, I think – so it's, it, the team makeup, you know, matters. Let's pretend everybody's healthy until the offseason, right? Everybody had a great season. Sure. Uh, I think it comes in behind Chubb and Jacobs then, behind Cook, Chubb, and Jacobs. So uh, it would be the eighth overall running back. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I think too. That, that's why I wanted to ask. Uh, and I can pl- I can plug it in. I can plug it into. The- <laughs> Sorry, uh, I-, I totally disagree with you. No, I-, I think you can make an argument though that the 101, you know, it- you know, after the 2020 season would be above all these guys if everything goes according to plan. But we don't know that. It really depends on a lot, right? I mean, I think any of those running backs that go early, if there is a first round running back in 2020, they're going to have the talent to behind this list and yeah well what if like the dolphins though take a running back in the first round using that pick that they traded away with mika fitzpatrick you know that could be yeah absolute disaster as far as their dynasty their dynasty value uh you see like the josh jacobs and him landing in oakland it was like okay you know still like talent wise probably take him you know the one-on-one first running back taken blah 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 but the dolphins have such a negative connotation with them in production and just their future like who trusts the dolphins anyway uh, you know, that could be a, a, a disaster. And you, I think I would then I, I might be willing to, you know, gamble more on, I don't even know, like you, you might know Melvin Gordon's landing spot by that time. I still really love James Conner. Um, uh, even Miles Sanders, if he starts to show out at the, at the, towards the end of this year, he's kind of one of those guys that could be up there. So that's a, it's a tough Mendoza line. Hey, well, I've got a question for you. You have you happen to have Josh Jacobs. It's a rebuilding team, and someone else they they come to you. They they're like the worst team in the league this year, and they're like, "Hey, man, I really want Josh Jacobs. I'll send you the twenty twenty one hundred one and the twenty twenty two hundred one for Josh Jacobs." Would you do it? Nah, hold off because if, if they have Josh Jacobs and they start him the rest of the year, they're going to be better, and I'm going to go down. Okay. I, the only reason I say that is I plugged it into the dynasty trade calculator. I was curious on values I just put a 12 team PPR league st- standard. So not, not super flex. 
and um, twelve team PPR one quarterback. Yeah, one it one yeah, it's one quarterback. So <laughs> yeah. so um Josh Jacobs is thirty nine in value, and then the one oh one is twenty five, the two oh one is eight point five. So, you know, essentially the Josh Jacobs size wins this by what five and a half points or so. So I but I think that's an interesting, you know, trade. And it it does go to show you that in terms of the trade calculator that that one oh one is still worth quite a bit less than Josh Jacobs. So. Yeah, assuming a league that has some sort of rule, though, that you had to start your best players roughly, Josh Jacobs might earn that team a couple extra wins, and it moves it down to the 102 or 103, and then you yeah. lose that power. You know, that the 101, the, the authority of the 101 is very, very valuable coming into the offseason. Absolutely. Uh, okay, we'll just, just um, modify the question just a little bit. Let's say it's one of those leagues that you can trade – you know, throughout the year. So it's week 16 and, and you know, they're locked into the worst record. They're definitely locked into the one one So Jacobs can't help them improve their standing. And you've got like three wins. They've got one win and they want to do the deal. So, you know, you've got the one one and the two one Do you do it? Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> you got giddy. I love it. You roll just like this the, you know, you know, the, <laughs> like, yeah. on the dance floor, rolling the dice. It's my best move. I think I'd do it too, because I feel like you're at the 101, you're going to get somebody that is going to be as good as Jacobs. And then I think with the 201, with this class, you're going to get a great piece there as well. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to find the Odell Beckham Jr. owner and be like, oh, yeah, you can be Odell plus that later on first for this 101. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> Odell's probably not going to fix the year that strong, you know, to get back that value and be like, oh, let's go. That's what that value, but that's when it comes with rookie draft season and for teams that, that, did well, but they suffered under a what what not, like at least in my opinion, still a wide receiver one moving forward, a bad year from like remember the the down year for DeAndre Hopkins? Yes. You know, you could that you could have off they would have taken DeAndre Hopkins plus to get the one oh one the next year. And that's where you win. And that's where you know you build for your future. And I think that's a really great move to make. It'll be interesting to see what kind of moves get made as we get closer to rookie drafts. Like like those those guys owners that have the one oh one how many of them will make those kinds of moves and how many will, will, you know, stick and pick. It'll be fun to see that. Yeah. And I think too, that I think we're going to see a very similar thing to this year is move back, move back, move back, move back. You're only going to have like one or two or three really high end great landing spot assets in the NFL draft. So I think a move back is going to be such a big, uh, you know, everybody's going to be preaching that. So maybe grabbing just any first round pick you can get later on is fine. Because you're going to get those move backs. Man, I'm, I'm so excited about the NFL draft in 2020 and the draft party this year. Because I, <laughs> I think a lot of skill players are going to take in the first round. I mean, the quarterbacks. And then I think you're going to see – Oh, super flex too. Oh. But still, like, move back, move back, move back. Like, don't uh, – because you guys moving the 101 for, like, the 104 you know, and 5 in a super flex oh, league. Yeah. You're just licking your lip. You know, that's what you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that was what we were preaching this year. And only a couple picks have really worked out. And we were like, move back, move out. And the, the first round or late first round, early second round riders, wide receivers have, oh, ooh, oh man, like it's, it's been great, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. It, this has been an incredible year for value changing and for our, like our opinion on the 2019 class and trying to move back into the 2020 class. Uh, if you moved your 2020 late first round pick and they took, let's say, Debo Samuel, uh, you know, uh, uh, Nikhil Harry, you know, whatever was following that draft, you, you lost now. And it's, it's very, Brown. yeah, we were so, yeah, we were so, we were so sure, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. And I think those tight ends that went late too, I, I think Hawk and, and Noah Fant, I, I mean, if you got the, those guys in late first round or even early second in some, some leagues, man. Yeah. And, and Fant, is, you know, and Fant is getting better. Don't, don't sell low on Fant at this moment. And this is, you know, as an Iowa alumni, uh, it's hard not to be homeristic, but he's young. Like Hawk is like three years older than Noah Fant. So let's take a relax in Noah Fant's development. Yeah, I'm excited about Noah Fan. I, I really am. Um, I, I I think both of those guys are super intriguing. And just, yeah, just give it time for both of them. Um, okay, back to running backs. There's a little aside. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little aside. That's like <laughs> yeah. And we said this hour. is going to be a short show. We, we've already gone, uh, we, you know, we're not even to the 10. So we'll try to speed things up a bit. Um, because so, for me, I, there's a couple more intriguing names. And then I think like 12 to 30, like it, it's just kind of – I don't know. I think the value is going to fluctuate so much coming into the off season. I don't know if you can feel really good about holding any of those guys. I mean, you're going to have to obviously, but, but, but we can talk about some of them, but well, I want to talk about Joe Mixon and Leonard Fournette. Um, I, I think these are guys, you know, Joe Mixon, I think now is starting to play well. I, I think the last, his what, last couple of games, he's been, uh, well, at least an RB2, right? I mean, he's starting Yeah, to- I think PPR points, this is his third 17-plus point game in a row. I heard that on uh, the Dynasty Nerds. Okay, so, you know, he's we're starting to see it from, from Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, your three 17-point games in a row, they are absolutely correct. So, um, so how do you feel about these guys? Because these guys, to me, I'm feeling better about Joe Mixon now the last couple of weeks. But um, what, what's better? Like what? So, Leonard Fournette or Joe Mixon? Uh, it's always been Joe Mixon for me. Okay. Okay. I, I think just because of the, I don't know. I kind of f- feel better about his 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 skill set. Like I, I just feel better about him. And even though he hasn't really caught a lot of balls this year, I think Fournette's probably caught more. I I just feel like he's a guy that that, that is that threat in the receiving game too. Give I- me King Leo back in business <laughs> in the Greenwood household. Need to buy a jersey. But I'm not kidding. I would take Leonard Fernandez over or Joe Mixon right now. Okay. I wouldn't be worried about it. Uh, General situation in offense, I feel like the the Jaguars, surprisingly enough, are more well-poised than the Bengals are, and it's not close to me. So that's – you know, we can can kind of move past that, share our opinions. But you you think those guys are in the the same tier pretty much though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if somebody really – like, is is you like Mixon and I like Fournette – it doesn't bother me that you like Mixon better than Fournette. If if you liked, uh, you know Mixon over Josh Jacobs, we we you know we may, we may have a conversation here. <laughs> uh, Some people do, or like or even like Fournette over Josh Jacobs. Like I feel, you know, I, I I almost think that's closer because of the Fournette draft capital and that team and their offense. But I still would think that you're you're making the wrong move. You might be able to get Josh Jacobs though right now for Mixon. And a little something, or Fournette, and a little something. Don't you think? It depends on the owners, of course. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go offer Leonard Fournette a little something for Josh Jacobs in the league. No, that's not, I, th- I think we we both should. I, I mean, I, I just no, look, going to, yeah, like, looking at this, I think that that's something that could, you know, could get done. Um, I'm going through the drive-through. I'm getting a Jimmy John's. <laughs> JJ's. Okay, stop. We'll just talk about it if we if, if that happens. Although you may look at it and well, no, because Fournette he's you know ranked a little bit. He has scored a little bit more points than Josh Jacobs and everything. So interesting. Okay, all right. So we've jumped around a lot, and this could be so many episodes. I think this is going to be a great time to revisit this at the end of the year. I'm going to keep this sheet, Ryan, here 
and then we'll make a new one and date it so that we can compare it even like a month from now, just what the rankings are and what we're doing as far as consensus goes. Because uh, I kind of think we should we should get to the end of the show. But we went through the you know the top twelve, maybe a few moves to make. But if your teams aren't, you know, if, uh, if your teams aren't in that spot or you don't have these uh, kind of like top tier guys around, what what are a couple guys that that you think that can make the jump? Let's say from like the twenties to the teens to the early teens, maybe even like the 12, eleven or twelve. Like anybody that you can see in there that that, that could be a, a tier jumper. This is a good question because I basically was was looking at like you know basically twelve through thirty, and I'm like, who who can make that jump? And I'm like, I don't know that any of these guys can make the jump. I, I worry about it. I, I will throw out a couple of names. I, I guess I'll throw out Karen Johnson, who is ranked anywhere from twelve to twenty-two uh, across these four sites. Um, I, and I think Carrion, yes, I'm concerned about the injury history at this point, but I think he still has the talent to to climb again. And I think now is a good time to buy him because this may be a low point in his career where you can buy him. So I think people that believe in Karrion Johnson, a lot of them have jumped off the bandwagon. So Karrion Johnson is one. We were talking about Austin Eckler on the Patreon show. And after talking about him, I feel like he's an interesting guy just to get on your team, a guy you can feel good about and plug into your lineup. Not a guy that it is a, maybe a high climber, but uh, you know, a guy where you can get him, you know, his ranks 22 to 25, which he might return better value than that. And, you know, I'll, I'll mention Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt, it's been interesting how the Browns have used him. And, yeah, I did mention, did mention. And he's, he's deep on this list. He's, he's anywhere from 24 to 41. Uh, and I think there may be some Kareem Hunt owners that are like, oh, I'm going to sell him now, you know, before he kind of disappears. And, and, um, and maybe not, though. Maybe if you've held on to Kareem Hunt this long, you're, you, you, um, I've been waiting and they're going to be patient, but I think he's a name worth remembering because we've seen what he could do. And, you know, he's looked pretty good the way the Browns have used him a couple games back. And maybe that's just because he's fresh, but I, I don't know. I, I think he's a, ga- a name to, to remember. So um, th- there's a couple of names. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Going down the list. I'm just looking at anyone else. Don't forget Damian Harris in, in New England. I still think he's a, he's nah, a guy, uh, but we even haven't, haven't seen what he can do. So, uh, you know, and probably you'll be able to get him for, for next to nothing going into the off season. I, I don't think they're going to implement him this year. So anyway, those are some names. What about you? Uh, number one to me is Miles Sanders. I think he can be a tier jumper pretty easily next season. He has not, he's not played well this year. Just overall. I mean, in the Patriots game last, last week, honestly, I just was worried about getting him getting hurt as I was watching it. Uh, it <laughs> so many, big you know, he was, he's getting some tough yards in the first half. You know, it just looked it just looked violent. So I was a little bit scared for uh, for Miles Sanders' health in that game. But uh, oh well, <laughs> I know. Like you said it anyway. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, my BMI isn't high enough to be in the NFL, <laughs> so we'll just take it at that. But so anyway, I think that he, this is his low point because he hasn't performed this year. You're not starting Miles Sanders happily in no. any league that you're in right now. Uh, so I I still think his you know it depends on where somebody took him if there's still a truther, but it's easy to find. It's, if somebody's listening to certain like podcasts, looking at certain rankings, or you know, going through everything, he could be at his lowest value right now of what he is moving forward, especially after signing JHI. Like this could this matters. This this matters to me. Uh, I think that he could really jump up. Uh, the other one I just want to mention him is I still think Duke Johnson is one of his most significant buy lows. It's not like he's not a you know, he still signed a contract that's like good through next year uh, with the Browns that transferred to the Texans. So it's not like he doesn't have that contract still. And 
the Texans don't have draft capital to take another running back anymore. They have so many other holes on that team. If they draft another running back year next year in the top three, like let's say that there's, I think they're the third round pick is gone because of Duke. I'm trying to remember if they had their second after the Larry Tunzel trade, but they have no draft picks. They, they don't. Yeah, so 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 get get out of town saying that they're going to draft the running back that's going to replace Duke Johnson. They're going other places with those picks. They have so many darn holes, and I think that he's just taking longer to get up to speed in the offense. And I know his last week wasn't bad; it wasn't good, but nobody's often like nobody's week was good, uh, except for like a long Carlos High touchdown that was very odd against him. It doesn't matter. I think Duke Johnson is still at his lowest point in value uh, for the next couple of years. And that is where that's, – that's my two. There you go. Hey, I'll throw out one more name, then we'll close the show. And I'm sure he's lower on this list because this doesn't incorporate, you know, last Stay week. Saquon Barkley. No, no, no. No, David Johnson. David Johnson. Yeah. I mean, like, why this list, you know, he anywhere ranked from 14 to 19. He's dropping. He's dropping. Don't you think David Johnson's an interesting name, Will? Because it, I'm going to go could try be, to buy him a lot of places. It could be all injuries. It could just be all injuries. And he, he's, it's got to be if you, you see him try to play. He just doesn't look right. And I, we know that running backs drop, jump, you know, drop off a cliff. And maybe this is just the decline of David Johnson. It's going to be you know, swift and abrupt and sad. But he could come back. I mean, he's, a, the, he's definitely going to come back to Arizona because his contract is ridiculous. Um, I, I, th- I think it's a huge um cap hit if they if they if they let him go so i don't know i i'm optimistic that he can bounce back in 2020 i, I just think it's a guy that it, not now wait wait until the you know you know okay, the, the floor still the floor out. is still falling yeah, yeah. With him. and and look at david johnson i just think it's interesting to me so just want to throw that out there the the, the only thing that worries about me ryan with david johnson is the back like no nobody yeah, serious com- yeah you, you, nobody ever stops having a bad back <laughs> yeah that's true so that's kind of the, 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 the yeah the, he's, he's again a low a low tread player he has les miles you know he didn't yeah. go to lsu uh on the <laughs> on those tires with his injury and things like that and honestly though let's let's see david johnson get traded to the buccaneers next year and everybody just literally <laughs> pooped their pants <laughs> out of excitement i would you be that surprised yeah, because they would have to take on that that last That's year. That's fine. <laughs> it's Bruce Arians. I don't know what the Tampa Bay's their their cap situation is like. What if he gets traded for three Kangol hats and a windbreaker? <laughs> oh, that would be great. I, I love the storyline. Oh, that would be so great. All right. Well, let's let's leave our listeners with that vision in their head. traded and restructures. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So good luck. It's a big week. It's it's week twelve. A pivotal week. A lot, a lot of huge matchups. We hope you do well. We're the Fancy Joes. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at, at FFJoes. Check out our Patreon show, patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Fancy Ryan Livergood. for Will on Twitter. Super hot right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I am at Roto Librarian. So on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. We are the Fantasy Joes. See ya. Quadruple. Hey, I got myself some fucking awesome. He scored a touchdown last year. I mean, nobody started him, but, you know, let's get those touches. Let's see. Let's see. I spent a lot of money on Bo Scarborough and uh, Jonathan Williams in free agency for teams that I'd say that those top pairs. I picked up a lot of Bo. 